Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Thursday, November 12th. This year is quickly running out. We are hanging out on a Thursday night, previewing NC State, and have a little Masters talk to go down tonight for you guys. TJ Pittenger alongside always Freddie Stevenson and Richie Barnes. How are you guys doing tonight? It's been an interesting week for FSU fans, to say the least. I don't know, man. Hopefully um, we get us a win Saturday, but it's been a tough week for us. Yeah, it's been a (laughs) – I don't think anything overly surprising, but, you know, luckily for me, I'm I'm a huge golf fan. You see the background. I had a great first day of the Masters today, or almost first day. They didn't get to finish, but uh, really excited about uh, both of our guests today. So uh, I think we got a great show planned. Yeah, awesome show planned. Lots to talk about. Um, And we'll we'll jump right into it. Want to remind you, as always, that Double Fries No Slaw is brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Um, visit any of their locations nationwide as they start to pop up more and more and more. But the two locations in Tallahassee are 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. Um, to keep tagging us in your social media post, somebody tagged us in another one just the other day. I was a Miami fan. So appreciate the, the love from all over. Uh, hope your team loses the rest of its games this year, but I hope you enjoyed your, uh, your gut box there. Uh, also, speaking of Miami, the big three roll up powers. Double fries, no slaw. We're proud to be part of their network and they allow us, enable us to do a lot of what we do. Go to big3rollup.com and you can find a double fries, no slaw shirt. If you're watching this, you can see that uh, uh, that uh, I we've got different things and stuff like that uh, on the site. You can get that there. Uh, I'm going to add our guest real quick. We um, have the pleasure of being joined by FSU's head uh, golf coach, director of golf, Trey Jones, and I'm adding him to the call here. Um, coach, thanks for joining us tonight, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Um, we like to start out with like the hardest hitting questions first. So double fries, no slaw name of the show. Um, are you a Guthrie's fan? Are you like, have you had a gut box or two in your day or what, what's the story here? <laughs> that, that would have been prior to Tallahassee, maybe in Auburn where it started, but uh, maybe in my college days, but not, not since then. I, and I probably need to go back there. We are, uh, we're obviously big fans. When we were naming the show, we couldn't think of a name that wasn't like really overused, like unconquered or, you know, just whatever, right? Like the names that everybody uses. So we would double fries, no slaw, and, and then just made it our color. So uh, that's really, that's that's the only thing we had you on for was to, to ask about Guthrie's and then, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Richie, take it away. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, we got the Masters this weekend, but first let's go back to the last major play, the U.S. Open. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, we had an FSU golfer in there, John Pack, and he was one of the amateurs, the only amateurs to qualify for the event. And in turn, he won the low amateur. You coaching him, were you kind of surprised at how he fared and how, how well he handled this event? That's a great question, Freddie. And by the way, since I've been here, you have been the best backfield for the state since I've been here. There's no question about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give that one to you for sure. But John Pack had the best attitude, you you know, of any player. I've had players playing the Masters, a couple of them here and there, U.S. Opens. But John went there just with the attitude that he was going to learn. And he he didn't have any pressure on him. 
it was kind of house money. So uh, that's so different than a lot of amateurs when they go to an event and they're out of their element. So first of all, his element, his attitude surprised me. When you asked without surprise, I was surprised about how great he handled himself. Um, the other part was, is he executed phenomenal and uh, did what he could do, played his game and uh, had one great round. I mean, that 69 was, uh, was phenomenal. So I was fortunate enough to be there with him. I thank him for that. Um, but uh, to tell you, you're surprised with any athlete's performance, I'd say, no, I wasn't surprised because I've seen how good he is, but I was really impressed for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and I think John Pack obviously has a huge future in golf and, and uh, hopefully in a few years, he'll be playing in, in what we're here to talk to you about tonight. Um, and that's a fall masters, which is awesome for uh, golf fans. You know, it, it sucks. We lost it back in, you know, April when we should have had it, but getting two and six months is a nice treat, but we're a Florida state show. And, and Brooks Kepka, you know, he, he's reached number one in the world. He he's came in today, somewhat undervalued. He, he's been injured a little bit. Um, hasn't had as many rounds this year as he liked. Um, I know he didn't get to finish his round today, um, but he ended on a great drive down the middle. Uh, where do you think his, uh, his game's at right now? And do you think he's someone that can compete into the weekend? Oh, absolutely. Um, he, he he's did a lot of things. He, he made a lot of sacrifices for this tournament. Um, I spoke to him at one point in time when he was headed out to San Diego, where he stayed for one month just to rehab and to get his body ready for this event. So um, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not, but I can tell you that he's ready to play. He played well last week. If, you know, he was 600 through 13 holes in the final round gave himself a chance to win and that's all he was looking for. So uh, I, I'd be surprised if uh, he doesn't put himself in an opportunity late uh, on Sunday. I think it's just going to come down to the putter and uh, the, the putter worked pretty well for him last week. Yeah. And obviously last year he was right there at the end with tiger and man, I, I was conflicted because I grew up a huge tiger fan. You see the shirt, um, a huge Florida State fan, and Brooks is, is my number two guy on tour, man. But I, I felt like it was in a can't-lose situation with those two coming down to the end. Uh, how did you feel? I, I've got to imagine Tiger's a – you're a big Tiger fan as well. I'm not, actually. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm a State fan, <laughs> and I'm not yeah. anyone else. So uh, I, I didn't uh, – you know, I respect him, and I, I think uh, anything when you've done what he's done is amazing and what he's done for the game. It is is phenomenal. Like I said, I have a radio show on Wednesday nights, and when he came back, the amount of electricity and the talk about moving the needle was amazing. What 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 Tiger did? We had it. I started the radio show when he wasn't active, and then during it, he come came on. Uh, so he he makes golf great. He really does, and he's one of the reasons that that Brooks is where he is, and and Rory is where he is, and they owe him a ton. But um, when it comes down to it, this younger generation, um, they're, they're not starstruck. They're, they're, they look forward to an opportunity to beat him. And uh, I think Brooks was probably aggravated that he missed a putt or two coming in and, and uh, put him, didn't give him a better chance to win. Yeah, so, so I have one more before I send it back to Freddie. But one thing I love about golf right now, when I was growing up, you know, you had Tiger and Phil a little bit. There was Tiger and David Duvall but I feel like we've missed those, those rivalries in the past few years. It seems like, you know, Brooks and, and Bryson DeChambeau have been, you know, going at it a little bit. 
Um, I love the idea of having a villain on the tour. I think it makes it that much more exciting. Um, what's your thoughts on the back and forth uh, between those two uh, over the past few years, uh, given that you know Brooks personally, obviously? Uh, just just two alpha males. I mean, Freddie yeah. will tell you he had them all over his football team. I mean, it's, it's just when guys are of that level, that's what you want. You want those guys on your golf team. I mean, that's who you want yeah. going up in the final round uh, is guys that have ultimate – belief in themselves and, and there's there's no hero worshiping at all and um the fact that they may chirp back and forth doesn't doesn't mean anything really other than that. you'd probably find that in any sport but um uh as far as a villain goes uh, you know you, someone is portrayed if you know if you know both of those guys uh away from golf like i do then it's hard to imagine them a villain so you know jack Nicholas was a villain for a while Jack, Jack, Jack was portrayed as that uh, because he came on and uh, he was the guy that uh, challenged Arnold Palmer. So uh, roles changed too. Freddie, I, th- I think you played with Jack's grandson, didn't you? Yeah, I might know him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, we get prepared for the season. How excited are you for that? the new Jack Nicklaus golf course? It looks great. And before you answer that, I got to mess with Nick. We used to always bother him about how Tiger was better than his granddad just to mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> he used to hey, want to kill it. I've got guys on my team that that uh, absolutely take that to heart. And and I didn't know that, that, that Jack was uh, – that Nick had a granddad named Jack. I mean, you never heard that before in the media. So <laughs> they, they only said it every, every single time, which is great. And Jack Nichols has been, has been great to us for sure. But uh, – um, I think for the Asperger golf team uh, coming up this year, was that right? Yeah, the, um, the new golf course. Yeah, the, the new golf course is amazing. Um, it's something that we've needed here for a long time. And, and, I, and I appreciate all the golf courses that have helped us throughout the years. They, they, they've been great to us. But uh, this new golf course, the Boosters um, funded the project. And I'm not sure a lot of people know that, but um, they stepped up and paid for the golf course to be built. Uh, very, very generous people that love golf, love Florida State. And they made that happen. And when they made that happen, uh, Jack Nicholas obviously came on board. He came on board before that um, and was a driver in, in as well. So to have a Jack Nicholas golf course um, in Tallahassee uh, is just an amazing thing. And I, I will say this, I, obviously I was involved throughout the entire process and the Nicholas family made it known that their lineage to Florida State with Jack's grandchildren, his children, that his love for Florida State, that they didn't want anyone else to have their name on golf in the city of Tallahassee or at Florida State other than the Nicholas family. And they gave us a lot throughout the project as well. And they, they made some concessions that allowed the project to happen or we wouldn't have had a Nicholas project. So. I'm indebted to the Nicholas family, our donors, and what it does for us, it's it's truly game changing. Which I know and you gotta get out. It, man. I know uh I know you gotta get out of here. I know you gotta, we're up against the clock and you got another interview, but tell us about um tell us about the team, tell us about the upcoming season. Um tell us when, when it starts and what to look forward to with this upcoming FSU golf season, and then we'll 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 let you out, man. So we weren't we weren't allowed to play in the fall. Uh, the SEC was and um, the Big Twelve were, but the ACC, um, Big Ten, and and Pac Pac twelve I think it is now. They they didn't uh, none of us played 
So all we did was practice and the guys played on their, you know, in some events on their own. But uh, when you have five recruiting classes on campus, it's a different deal. Um, you know, you, sometimes you might struggle with depth, but both of our seniors came back. They graduated and came back. And uh, we ended up with a uh, transfer who I feel like is a top five player in the country in Vincent Norman. So uh, I, I love our golf team and, and the, the team we have and uh, what they want to do. But there's a lot of great golf teams this year when all those seniors came back on every single team. So uh, it's going to be ultra competitive. Uh, we, we just had a, a senior meeting last night or night before last. And it's about doing the little things for us. And that's a cliche, a coach's cliche. And Freddie probably heard that a few times. But it really is. It's about habits, doing the things every single day and not taking anything for granted because talent's only going to get us so far. Uh, we're, we're going to have to be good on our bad days and um, prepared when, when that time comes. But I, I really like this golf team. I think potentially it's one of the best golf teams we've ever had, but it's gonna need to be. Awesome, man. Well, we so much appreciate your time. We'll have to do it again sometime, but uh, thank you so much for, for hanging out. Um, and we're excited for, excited for the season and um, go Knowles. Thanks, man. Double fries, no slaw, man. I'm I'm honored. What a great name. Good job, guys. I, I need you to go. I need you to go get a gut box here soon. Make it on you a cheat meal day or whatever, but go get one. <laughs> hey, coach. Thanks, coach. We appreciate you coming on, but I just got to admit this. I completely suck at golf. I'm not even good at top golf, so I have to come out there sometime. And y'all got to coach me up a little bit. I would love to get lessons from the great Trey Jones. If you that's got good. it, my man. I, I helped uh, Christian Ponder how to figure out how to hold it, and he sucked too at the time. So that's all. <laughs> okay, sounds like a plan. All right, take care, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Trey Jones, FSU's head golf coach and director uh, of golf at Florida State. Uh, we're running through the gamut of these uh, FSU coaches. I think Sue's got to be up next. We got to see if we can pull that string. Um, yeah. Ham's going to be in season here in a minute. So that, well, I guess Sue will too. So maybe it'll be Lonnie or somebody. Uh, well, they're in season too. Gosh, everybody's in season. I don't have to go um, softball, but uh, running through these FSU coaches. It's kind of fun getting, you know, these current active coaches. Shout out to um, Harlan for hooking that up and making that happen. Yeah. Um, but super cool. Yeah. The master's has been fun. Tiger had a good day, man. I know that he had another meeting, so we had to kind of cut it a little bit short, but Tiger had yeah. a good day. Um, when he, a, when he went back to back birdies on like what, 15, 16, uh, man, he got, we got a fist pump going and the fairway obviously got one more birdie as it went, but Tiger, I'm hoping he can string three more days together like that, you know, just cause him and him in contention, uh, makes everybody, care about it right like richie's gonna watch it either way but like if tiger's in contention like everybody watches it <laughs> well it was his first bogey free round in 106 rounds and it was tied for his best first round ever at augusta so coming off defend or coming off winning it last year and defending it this year um there's a saying in golf majors you don't win golf majors on the first day but you can certainly lose them on the first day and uh he didn't lose it today so i'm excited for the weekend It'll be a lot of fun. We have an NC State preview coming up. I think we have a few minutes before we have to jump into that. So, Richie, let's 
we don't have a guest picker this week. Um, I'm tired of Chris winning. Uh, and so Chris Rochester, shout out to him for winning again last week, but I'm tired of, um, I don't have any more heat jokes until the season gets underway. So, um, so let's pick these games. Uh, Harlan, you want to get in here and pick these games or not really? You don't have to, but you can, if you want. All right. Okay. We got a guest, guest picker. So real quick last week, um, I got three of five. Uh, Freddie got three or five and TJ got two of five, but I think TJ, you're still in the lead for the entire season. Um, let's pull this up real quick. Yeah. So you're in first with 27. I have 22 and Freddie's at 14, but he missed a few weeks. So that, that doesn't really count. Um, but we can get into this week and it was tough. I originally picked, I think, uh, four games plus the Florida state. So we would have had five, but then the sec decided to cancel the week. So um, we, we re-added some games. So we have six games plus Florida State. So we can go through the, these first few kind of quick. Um, the, the first one, Freddie, we got West Virginia. They are favored by three and a half at home against TCU. What do you think? West Virginia? DJ. I'll take TCU here. All right, Harlan? I picked West Virginia. I'm just going by my picks on my phone. So West Virginia. Oh, yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah, I picked West Virginia on the internet too. So yeah, so, I'm an idiot. Yeah, West Virginia. So I have West Virginia as well. Just <laughs> I, and I know there's no crowds, but I feel like there's still a home field advantage this year, just because teams are just comfortable there. Um, the next one, uh, Georgia, off that really tough loss to Florida last week, they're that, only favorite for a paper by that, eleven that, and a half. Isn't that game canceled too? Uh, it's still up on CBS Pick'em as of right now. So, who were they playing? Mizzou. Yeah, I think that game is canceled. Right. Oh, we well, can pick you, it, but I'll... if not, I'm taking Georgia 11 and a half. What about you guys? I like Georgia to cover the game that's not happening. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's definitely off. But yeah, right, well, I like Georgia to rebound. All right. So, so blame CBS for that one because I just refreshed this page. Um, the next one, we have a top 10 team going on the road to an unranked team, and they are a two-and-a-half-point dog. That is the Miami Hurricanes laying – or no, they are getting two-and-a-half from Virginia Tech in Blattsburg. 87% of the bets are on Miami. Um, I think they're right, right? My, I'm picking Miami just because I don't think they lose. What about you, Harlan? So I'm, I said this last time. My fiance's father went to Virginia Tech. I'm not going to pick against him. Go Hokies. <laughs> All right, TJ. Um, Liberty stole uh, Virginia Tech's soul last week. Miami wins this by 10. Freddie, making it four for four. TJ, spot on, man. Liberty took their soul and they took a lot of teams. So Miami wins this. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they took a lot of teams' soul, but they they lined a lot of our pockets because we've been on that Liberty train for a while. I can't wait to bet bet them on Saturday and then lose that money on Sunday morning. Oh, oh man. So <laughs> next one, we have uh, now number two Notre Dame coming off that big win at Clemson. They are favored by 13 and a half at Boston College. BC gave uh, Clemson a little bit of a scare. TJ, what, what's going to happen here? I like Notre Dame to win pretty big. Ready? BC's mm, a little weird. I'll take BC with this one. All right. Harlan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm taking Notre Dame. I don't trust BC at all. Yeah, I'm I'm taking BC as well. I, I just think I'm thinking a hangover game. They got that big win on the road, and, and now they're back on the road against a, a formidable Boston College team. So 
Notre Dame will win, but I'll, I'll ride with the Eagles here. Um, our last two number 11, Oregon. They're at Washington state. They're favored by eight and a half. Give me the home dog Cougars in Pullman. Freddie. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Oregon with this one. All right, TJ. I like Oregon here. Harlan. Yeah, literally no idea. I'll take Oregon. I have it on my phone as Oregon. So. They got a nice jersey. <laughs> Gotta take them. Right, right. Tarif, Tarif will be proud. Give me the Jersey crew. <laughs> All right. The, the last one before our game that we have Wisconsin number 13 on the road at Michigan. Michigan is a two and a half point home dog. TJ, what's going on here? I like Wisconsin to win this game uh, by more than three. So they, a little bit of a layoff. They had some COVID stuff, but they looked really good opening night. And um, yeah, I have no confidence in Harbaugh and them to win games. <laughs> All right, Harlan. Yeah, I'm going Wisconsin uh, just because I hate Trident Team all. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Freddie, what do you think? Yeah, Wisconsin was dominant the first night, like – to the point where you thought they could really challenge Ohio State down the line. So I know they had a few weeks off, but I still think they win this one convincingly. COVID season, weird stuff's happening all over the country. I think Michigan wins outright, and Michigan fans are furious because they are ready to get rid of Harbaugh. And with that, we take it to our game, Florida State at NC State in Raleigh, North Carolina, 7.30, or is it 7 o'clock, ACC Network. Um doesn't matter, it's, NC State. Yeah, it doesn't. So uh, the line is 10 points. TJ's got NC State. Freddie, who do you have? NC State. Harlan? Yeah, NC State by way more than 10, 20. Yeah, and, I, and we'll hit our predictions later. But, yeah, I'm. I'm it's four for four. NC State's covering, and that number is way too low. It opened up at seven. And I when I recorded with Allie on Tuesday um, – it was at seven points still. And I was like, man, this is stealing. Like, this is like seven points at – if it had been seven points in Tallahassee – well, I don't want to get into the preview. But if it had been seven points in Tallahassee, you kind of pause and you're like, ah, you know, keep it close at home. But seven points at NC State? Yeah. But, yeah, 10, I still like them. So, um, all right, cool. Uh, if you're watching this, if you can retweet, share, like it, um, post it in, in groups, send it to your group messages, send it to your buddies – we would certainly appreciate it. Follow us on all social medias at Double Fries Pod, uh, Double Fries P O D. That's Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, Twitch, just kind of everywhere that you can find it. And then our Patreon is patreon.com slash Double Fries Pod. We have uh, our Discord access through there, as well as some other cool stuff that you can get through our Patreon. So patreon.com slash Double Fries Pod. We are going to add another guest real quick um, Alex Sawyer from um, the 247 um, site that's associated with NCAA, I'm sorry, NC State, Pack Pride. Uh, Alec, how you doing tonight? Good, how are you? Very good, man. Appreciate your time. Um, appreciate you for hanging out for a few minutes tonight. We uh, will get really, really um, in-depth and complex here in just a minute. But Double Fries No Slaw is the name of the podcast. I don't – there is no Guthrie's in – um, NC State, but are you familiar with Guthrie's at all? Have you heard of Guthrie's? Have you been to Tallahassee or anywhere that has one? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. I have been to Tallahassee. I was down there last year for the NC State Florida State game, but I am not familiar with that now. Are you familiar with um, Canes? Right, Raising Canes. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, that's the that's the, that's the fake bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> that is the real the, 
It's the generic. So Keynes and Zaxby's were both born out of Guthrie's. People that worked at Guthrie's left and then kind of started their own thing and started their own thing with just like the same thing with a different name. So, um, so anyway, that's when we were trying to figure out a name for the podcast, we didn't want to go with like Unconquered or you know, Renegade or like all the traditional like names that you have. So we went with like a food thing because we, yeah. we like to eat here. So <laughs> anyway, um, all right, cool. So you were down in Tallahassee Passy last year for the game, um, much different season this year for, well, not much different for us. We're, we're pretty bad all the way around, but Florida state comes into this game, just absolutely limping, um, trying to find a way to get to three or four wins. And it's not looking promising at this point. Uh, we were just doing our against the spread picks, Florida state's what a 10 point dog coming into Raleigh where they don't traditionally play very well anyway. Um, and have gotten, stopped up a few times. So uh, somewhat daunting for Florida state, but what is the NC state outlook on, on the Knowles this year? What are, you know, what are kind of the expectations going into this? I mean, is the confidence just super high because of how rough Florida state does look or, or is it kind of a, Hey man, this is still Florida state, you know, like weird things can happen. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I think the confidence for NC state is pretty high. They are coming off two losses, but that's to Carolina to Miami. So it's probably the two toughest games on the schedule. Um, and so you do now have this opportunity at home against a team that is struggling a little bit more. And I think the confidence is there. That being said, Dave Doran talked about this the other day, that when you do have Florida State coming in, even if the team's not necessarily performing, you are playing four-star guys, five-star guys. Florida State always has the talent. So I think that's something that's on the minds. Also, NC State obviously playing now with a backup quarterback, but he did play really well against Miami. So the confidence is there. I definitely think most people around NC State are probably expecting this to be a win. What um, Florida State could be without their starter too. Jordan Travis is still day-to-day. And the offense has looked, um, man, with him, manageable. Without him, I don't know how much you've watched, but without him, it's been just really, really bad, no matter who else has, has been at quarterback. Um, and even with him, it's it's not been like, amazing he just is is certainly been much better than everybody else so if he can't go it's pretty bleak Uh, but if he can uh, how much does that kind of mobile quarterback um quarterback that can get outside kind of worry nc state you know is is that kind of a concern there i know miami was able to put up a lot of points and and Derek king you know uses his legs a lot he's probably a better runner and a better thrower than travis is but uh thoughts there around it if, if travis does end up playing Yeah, that becomes a really big concern for State because NC State has struggled to contain that running quarterback all year. Derek King, obviously, as you mentioned, he ran for over 100 yards last week. Uh, In the game against Virginia Tech earlier in the year, they were on their backup and third-string quarterback, and both of those guys ran all over NC State. Um, They struggled with uh, Pitt's quarterback a little bit, Kenny Pickett there, too. So that rushing quarterback has been an issue for NC Derek King did a really good job of getting out and scrambling. He's obviously a special running quarterback, but it's something that State struggled with. Peyton Wilson, State's interior linebacker, who kind of plays more of that spy position when it is a running quarterback. He's a really good player, but sometimes tends to maybe play a little outside of himself, was out of position quite a few times against King and gave up some pretty big runs. So that's something that State has struggled with quite a bit this year. Bailey Hawkman, obviously the the former Florida State quarterback, um, didn't have a great experience in Doak last year, but had probably the best game of his career against a, a decent or to good Miami team last week. 
has he mentioned anything about Florida State this week, or is it more just focusing on, uh, you know, NC State and the offense for him? Yeah, he talked about it. We talked to him Tuesday, and he, yeah, Tuesday, and he mentioned Florida State. He got asked about it. Uh, basically just said he doesn't know as many guys this year. Younger Florida State team obviously mentioned a little bit about what made him transfer away there. He, obviously, he committed to play for Jimbo Fisher. He said him and Willie Taggart just had some disagreements, and that's what ended up making him transfer to NC State. But he, he touched on it a little bit, but he's normally pretty even-keeled. Focuses on his team is uh, very much a I'm confident in whoever I'm playing type of guy. I know um, he struggled a bit when he played us last year, and I know the staff's completely different now, but as a player, I could just only imagine how motivated he is this week. Um, he's not going to talk about it, but I know he's motivated, and coming in there getting a win is major for him. Um, I know his, his teammates are excited for him as well, and the Florida State team that's struggling, he's looking for an opportunity to make a, make a name off of them guys, and this point, we've seen a lot go, transpire this week. A lot of guys opting out, and we struggled all season on defense, on offense, sustaining drives as the game goes on. But the biggest question for me is, because I, I I got you guys winning this game just based off what I've seen from my team this season. What has to take place for Florida State to get a, get a win against NC State? Yeah, I think it starts on it when NC State's on offense with limiting the run. It's something that in the game State has lost this year, the Virginia Tech game, the Carolina game, and then really in the second half against Miami, the run just kind of hasn't been there. And that's kind of NC State's bread and butter, some really good running backs, a pretty experienced offensive line to work behind. But at times, that offensive line has gotten overpowered and they haven't been able to gain yards. And then when they do that, you're forcing Hawkman to make some throws that he isn't necessarily capable of making. So that's where it all starts for NC State on the offensive side of the ball, is if you can limit that run, if you can keep Zonovan Knight, Ricky Person, and check a little bit and make Bailey Hoffman start throwing the ball a little bit more, that's where things can start getting dicey for NC State. Um, Florida State is struggling. Um, had, a, had, a, had a fairly rough year, uh, Jimbo Fishers, last year and, and, and struggled to, to get to a bowl there. Um, had to reschedule a game to do it. And then, you know, Taggart comes in and, and we lose the ball streak. Um, and then, you know, Taggart's second year, he gets fired and, and we do make a bowl, but lose that. Now we're certainly not making a bowl this year. Um, well, I guess they took the requirements away, but I don't know how that works, but we, we shouldn't qualify for a bowl, you know, one way or the other. So Florida State's struggling right now, but brought in Mike Norvell. Uh, I like to ask this just to kind of see what the perception is. Um, I don't know if it's changed over the year, but when Florida State hired Mike Norvell, what, what were your thoughts? What were the thoughts of the NC State folks um, just regarding that hire? And, and again, I don't know if if it has changed this year a little bit because of how we've struggled. You know, I mean, I'm certainly open to hear that. But what were the thoughts on Norvell going to Florida State? Yeah, um, my general thoughts. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good hire. Memphis obviously had done some things the last couple of years. They had had some pretty good seasons. I think generally when you look at Florida State from anyone else in the ACC you kind of don't expect what the last couple of years have been obviously Florida State's one of the big blue bloods of the ACC you expect them to be back up and I think at least in my opinion when they hired Norbell I thought that was a pretty good hire one that would probably pan out pretty well especially when you look at Florida State and you do have you know football that's such a big priority there 
Um, are you, do you think he can turn it around? Do you think he is the guy to turn it around? Have your thoughts and feelings changed with this season or do you just kind of chalk this season up to, you know, the pandemic and what he inherited? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think for anyone this season kind of not, not necessarily doesn't count, but almost you can't look at what a coach has done, especially a first year coach in a year as weird as this. And like you mentioned, you've had guys this week opt out, you've had some injuries and stuff. I think when you look at all that, give it some time, he can probably turn it around. That's at least my opinion. But here at NC State, you know, we've had Dave Dorn for now eight, nine years. And so that idea of kind of, I guess, sticking with a coach for a long period of time makes sense. But I think Mike Norvell definitely is a guy that has shown he can win. I mean, Memphis was good. Obviously, that was just a few years there. But at least from my perspective, I think he's probably a guy that definitely can turn it around. How long have you been, uh, how long you've been around covering NC state? Have you been a fan for a while or have you covered them for, for a long time? That's a leading question, but how long have you been around? Yeah. With NC state, I, so I went to state, I started there as a student in 2015. So I started paying attention to the team in 2015, started covering NC state sports in 2016 um, I wasn't really an NC State fan before that. I, I mean, I kept up with college football. I knew a little bit, but I grew up a West Virginia fan. But then going to state, that's when I started paying attention. So, you know, four or five years now. Gotcha. Okay, then we don't have to talk about that 2012 debacle that uh, you weren't <laughs> around for. So um, we we do a weekly um, over-under segment. These are like not caesar's palace these are like richie's palace like richie just kind of comes up with them out of the middle of nowhere so like if you think a line is set terribly it probably is uh, but we do like four or five over unders uh, we'll do those with you and then we'll get like a score prediction we'll get you out of here but we appreciate a ton you hanging out and chatting with us a little bit about the wolf pack tonight yeah of course richie yeah, so real quick to, to go over last week uh, we had pit at 99 rushing yards we all took the over and hit that Jordan Travis, 250 total yards. TJ is the only one who took the over. He was under on that. Pit what do you deal. have for the first half? What do you have for the first half? I'm not sure. I know he had that 88 yard rush, and then uh, so if he so he was on pace. He was on pace to do it if he didn't get hurt. Like I just want to yeah. say that. Like I'm you, give myself some. Th- these are some. Uh, what do you call it? Moral victory points that I'm giving myself right now. Yeah, but if, if you get hurt, he hits it. Real quick, if you go back and listen last week, my logic for saying that he would hit the under was because he was going to get hurt. Um, so it's your fault I, that we got blown out. Like you literally said it. You spoke into existence. You you can blame me for this. Take that point season, away. All you want. <laughs> Take that um, point away. The, the next one we had was Pitt D, defensive line at four and a half to, uh, tackles for loss. Um, they had five sacks in the second quarter alone. Uh, Freddie had the over. He was the only one of us. So he hit there. Uh, Kim McDonald, 44 receiving yards. We all took the over. He had 61. Chubba, five and a half snaps. I'm the only one who took the over, and I hit on that. Uh, so, TJ, you had two. Me and Freddie both had four. So, season totals, TJ, 27. Freddie, 26. Me, 25. It's getting close, boys. And uh, let's see here. So, we'll we'll start with this one. And this is just a, a different way of asking who's going to start the game. So over under 0.5 snaps on the opening drive for Jordan Travis, Freddie, what do you think? I don't know if he's ready. I, I say, um, under TJ. Yeah. I don't think he starts. I hope I'm wrong here. Um, but I don't think, he, I don't think he's playing. I think. Yeah. I don't think he's playing. Yeah. I, I don't think he's playing either. Um, I, I think Chubb is definitely going to start. So, 
Uh, let, let's kick it to our guest uh, who is probably less in the in the know and none of us have any idea if we're being honest so it's just a total guess it uh so essentially who do you think starts are you going against jordan travis or um chubba purdy uh i'm just gonna go with you guys on that one because like you said you guys are probably much more in the know on that at least than i am so i'll I'll have no clue (laughs) i have no clue either so (laughs) All right, we, with we y'all's pick. The, here, the so. good thing about the good thing about your picks, and we tell every guest this, like you, like there's no, we're not calling you back like next week to like check in <laughs> on your pick. And you notice like the pick guy we had last week, we didn't, we didn't check like fact check his, like we didn't just tell everybody like wait, so mm-hmm. just do whatever you want. You can get crazy with this. <laughs> there's no All accountability right. here. <laughs> All right, so I, I feel better about this line now that we are all in agreement that Chuba Purdy will start, but I have him at 200 total yards. Um, I think I'll go with the under on this. I, I think there's going to be a lot of sacks. No Devontae, love Taylor. That that offensive line looks rough without him. Um, Alec, what do you think? Um, you know, I'll go over um, just because I do. NC State has given up a good amount of yards through the air, and quarterbacks have found pretty good success. Also, NC State secondary is just as injured as can be. Guys hurt all over that. So I'll go over for that reason. All right, Freddie, where are you at? Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. I think he puts up some yards, but I don't think it makes a difference in the game. I think he puts right. up yards, though. EJ, I'll go over. All right, so a chance to get one on both you guys. Um, the next one, and this is another, basically, is he playing or not? Because we keep hearing he progresses more and more in practice every week. Sounds like he did a lot of work this week. Is Hamsa going to play 0.5 snaps in the game, TJ? I'll go over on this one. I'll say he plays. All right, Freddie, you think he plays? Yeah, they they had me thinking he was playing last week, so I damn sure hope he plays. I'm taking over as well. All right, I'm going to – until I see him, I won't believe it. I'm going to take the under. Alec, what do you think? Uh, I'll go over on that. All right, so – the next one, and we'll start with Alec because we have an NC State line here. Uh, Bailey Hawkman, 300 total yards, um, keeping in mind that he does lose yards for sacks, which we won't have get we, any, so I don't yeah, know why. Have I we gotten that. a sack all year? Yeah, over, <laughs> over on this one. All right, so TJ's Oh, 300? 300? Yeah. They may run for a lot. I'll take under here. No, it's, it's, they, it's Bailey Hawkman, 300. Yeah, no, no, I like the under. I think they, I think he oh, throws okay. for like 275 and they run for like 200. Yeah. Like, right. so I, well, he, he did catch a pat, touchdown pass last week, too. <laughs> so, Freddie, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with um, TJ. I saw a game from NC State earlier this year. With Bailey Hopman was efficient, but he didn't have, he only finished with like 250 yards. But, and I think they ran the ball a lot. So we'll see the same thing in this game, I believe. I have yeah, no I, faith in our defense. They, he's going over. There's going to be a couple busts. Um, I just, and like I said, I don't have any faith in any sacks to get those negative yards. So, Alec, it sounded like you were going to go under there for a second. Yeah, no, I am going to go under. Uh, Bailey Hoffman's career high in passing yards is 248. And that was against Miami just last week. He was efficient. He was good. But again, it's the rushing game for NC State that does it. I mean, maybe if he has a 35-yard receiving touchdown again, he could go over. Doubt that happens. So I'm going to go under just because even if he is efficient, he's not probably going to throw the ball more than 25, 30 times. All right. And, and this should lead into our score predictions. Florida State, 17 and a half total points. 
Freddie, they going to get over that or, or not? Florida State, nah. No? All right, TJ. I'm going to try and um, – I'll probably go over two here and miss both of them, but I'm going to say yes. My score prediction is not going to back that up, but I'm going to try and at least hit <laughs> one of these. So I'm going to say yes, they do. All right, Alec, will Florida State get more than 17 this week? Yeah, I think more than 17 is probably probably reasonable. State's defense is okay, but it's not great. Um, I think, yeah, Virginia scored 21. That's the lowest – or no, Duke had 20. But I think 17 probably get over that. Yeah, no no Terry, no Devontae Love-Taylor. Um, just the, no uh, no fight in the locker room at all. I, I'm going to take the under here. I don't think they get to 17. Um so we'll, we'll go from there. And, and I guess I'll lead off the score predictions. Um, I'm going to say 37 to 13 NC state. What about you, Freddie? Yeah. I think teams have had a formula for beating us now, especially Josh, um, Purdy out there as a young quarterback. They're going to try to rattle them. Struggling defense. NC state wins big 41, 13. Uh, I just changed mine up a little bit. I'll, I'll take uh, NC state. 41-24. So I've got us getting over 17, but the game's never in question. Oh, we got 14 last – or 17 last week against a much better pit defense. And I know that was with Travis, but NC State's defense isn't that good. They'll they'll beat us by a lot, but I think we'll score a little bit. Alec? Yeah, I'd say 38-20 NC State. 38-20. Um. What's the uh, what are the before we let you let you go? What are the uh, what are the spots like if we if we were to come to Raleigh, which I guess it'll be two years from now before uh, we have that opportunity. But if we were to come to Raleigh, like what's the spot that we should go hit as far as food goes, drink goes, game day, Friday night? What where are the spots, man? Yeah, uh, pretty near campus is an Italian restaurant called Medios. Very in tune with NC State Athletics. They got just memorabilia all over the place. It's a fan favorite. If you're looking for a bar, uh, players retreats also by campus. If, if you've seen uh, the Survive and Advance 30 for 30, that's where they film that. Um, so that's a pretty popular bar right by campus, too. Those are the two spots I'd say. Dope, dope. Well, if you come down to Tallahassee, let us know. We'll get you some. We'll get you what they call a gut box. It's just a Guthrie's box. I know it sounds gross, but uh, with, with no coleslaw and a double fries, and uh, we'll treat you to that. So thanks so much for hanging out. Where can folks follow you? Where can they find your work? Where can they um, see more about you? Yeah, uh, I work for Pack Pride, which is 24-7 sports. Uh, so that's packpride.com for my articles and stuff. It's just at Alex Sawyer on Twitter. So that's about it. <laughs> dope, dope. Awesome. We appreciate it, man. Um, good luck this weekend. Are you going out to the game? Uh, no, I'll be home this weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, I know there's like limitations in different yeah. stadiums. So, well, good luck this weekend. Not too much. You probably don't need very much. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out. And uh, we'll see you next time. But I appreciate your time, bro. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, yes, sir. Alex Sawyer of Pag Pride. Appreciate him hanging out. Um, again, if you're watching this, if you're listening to it, if you could retweet, share, like, comment on it if you're listening to it on uh, audio only and you're not watching us if you could share the podcast if you click the three little buttons if you've got an iphone whether you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, spotify um, stitcher wherever if you can click those three little buttons and hit share share it to either your facebook or twitter we would certainly appreciate it um 
we would take a five-star review as well if you have a, a few minutes to leave one of those. Um, guys, any thoughts around the game this weekend? I know we kind of got into it a little bit with our questions there and chatting with Alec, but any thoughts around the game that you want to get into before we uh, ultimately wrap up and, and get out of here? I think, I think this just, team – go, go ahead, Freddie. I'll, I'll, I'll start ready. <laughs> um, I think it's just been a tough season to the week, just put a cap on everything. And it goes back to when – Guys called that player only me and trying to get people everybody to opt out. I think a lot of guys on that verge. We still have a lot of guys that are fighting, trying to do everything right, but they're battling with guys that are ready to quit on the season. You saw that, you saw that this week. And that's that's the dysfunction we saw this season. Of course, you have some issues, people complain about the coaching in some situations, but players not buying in. You can't win with that formula. So it's going to be an interesting game. I think it gets ugly, and it's going to be an interesting rest of the season. But, hey, we'll, we'll be here to talk about it, and I'll have my, have my liquor on deck. Amen. Basketball starts this month, so um, <laughs> there are brighter days ahead on this podcast. <laughs> as, as far as this week, I, I look right to, you know, Monday when uh, 247 reported that there were multiple players thinking of opting out. And then Wednesday, when, uh, you know, we learned that Tamari and Terry is no longer with the team. James Blackman is transferring. Uh, Marvin Wilson sounds like he's going to stay with the team, but he's done for the season. Uh, Devontae Love-Taylor's done for the season. And uh, if you're to believe reports, there's more players that are thinking about opting out who are going to play this weekend, which I, I have no faith in that. That's This has Blowout City written all over. I might have been generous, but I, this team's mentality right now is not where it needs to be. And I think that last game last week against Pitt, Mike Norvell, you know, said, screw it. He's like, let's just expedite this process. And, and people that don't want to be here um, or for whatever reason that they're not ready to finish the season to go, but it sounds like there's more to come. Um, I, I don't trust the mental makeup of this team at all. You know, we saw last week, they're up 14 to three first sign of adversity. They, they go ahead and, and just fold. And uh, I, that's what I'm fully expecting this week. I got one thing. Um, the Blackman, the Blackman situation, mm -hmm. um, coming in with the, the hand he was dealt from first day, he wasn't expected to play. And then he had to play early on. Um, I just want to say like through everything, of course he wasn't the guy for us, but you got to have a major respect for how he handled himself through, throughout this process. Um, even after getting the spot taken this year, having all these different coaching styles, that's tough in itself. Um, and I think the only coach that he was truly fit for was Jimbo Fisher, that he's a pro-style quarterback. And I think that these other offenses, he just never really had the chance to get comfortable. But the class he showed, that's the Florida State way, and I, I wish him the best going forward. He's a guy that, you know, obviously, like you said, Freddie, he was never supposed to play as a true freshman. And the first snap he takes is against Alabama. Um, he was four offense coordinators in four years. He – he never had a chance here, but I do hope, like you said, a, a fresh start somewhere else. Um, he's got a cannon of an arm, uh, and if if he can find an offense that fits him, I think he could be a, a very, you know, a, a good college quarterback somewhere. He just needs the reset button because it wasn't going to happen at Florida State. Wish him the absolute best. I mean, I wish the best for everybody. Um that that is no longer with the program that leaves. I, I don't wish bad for people just because they didn't work out here. You got kids that um, 
you know, committed to one coach and have had to now play for two other coaches in total. And, um, you know, Freddie, what we, I mean, I, I know that I, it's tough to ask you what you would have done, right? Like in that situation, because you weren't in that situation. But I mean, if you had committed to Jimbo in 2013 and, uh, or 2012, 2012 and signed in 2013, and then all of a sudden, a year later, he wasn't there. And then a year later, you develop relationships with another guy and he's not there. Um, you know, who knows what you would do, right? Like, so I'm not even going to ask, you know, but like, it's got to be a difficult situation, right? Like, I think it's um, tough because as a player, most guys leaving usually falls on the fact that they're not playing. So as a competitor, Blackman probably convinced himself every year that, all right, I can make this thing work out. He never, a competitor doesn't yeah. allow that to creep into their mind. He, tried to make everything work. And then this was a year that he just is not going to work. He can't, he can't afford to do this again another year. So he just yeah. decided, all right, it's time to leave. And I, I definitely get it. I, I, to be honest, just being straightforward, if I was black, man, I wouldn't have went in in that game last week because he was set up. For fair, like that would, yeah. he didn't take any snaps. So I, if I was him. So we wish the best for those guys out there. I'm glad that Marvin's still around the team. I think he can be an asset and help some guys, um, you know, but the other guys, you know, everybody has another year of eligibility, right? So I don't even know what like Terry will do next year. You know, I assume he'll try and play somewhere and play himself into another pick. Cause he, he lost himself a lot of money. I, I think if he goes to the league this year, um, cause the film just I, wasn't very good. I think, I think he's going to go to either Auburn, which is his second favorite school um, behind Florida state coming out. But I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at Texas A&M because uh, Jimbo's got them rolling and they have a relationship. This is pure speculation, no inside info. Just in my mind today, I was thinking he didn't say he's going pro. I, I do think he understands that another year healthy in a, the right system will make him a lot of money because um, he's got the talent to do it. So uh, go make that money, Tamarian. Yeah, Terry's yeah. an interesting guy because he can come back another year and then go high. But also, if he enters the draft, he's going to get a combine bid just because the things he's done in the yeah. past, and he's going to have stupid numbers and raise the stock fast. Yeah, it'll be how much? How much weight will they put? How much will it weight will NFL coaches and GMs and teams put into his last season? Right? Like, will will he do better? Will he do better for himself to go play somewhere else for a year, or should he go? Or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so because there's a lot of questions that are still unanswered. Terry, um, when getting pressed off the line, he struggles getting off the line, making those contested catches. He hasn't proved that he can do that. So it's a lot of things he still has to prove at the next level. Of course, we know he's a great deep threat, but is he that complete receiver? Yeah, I think he needs to see what what grade he gets because if I'm Terry and I'm a if I'm a like a guaranteed draft pick, even seventh round, I probably go just because he's not going to improve his stock that much. And uh, in the NFL, man, you make your money on your second contract. So bet on yourself, go early, you know, save your body, save the wear and tear and try and get paid. That's, that's my advice from the, this unathletic guy over here. So the guy with the golf background. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I can't let us go without, um, well, we're not even to the show. I'll, I'll back up on that. Yeah, talking about the NC State game, like I, I don't have a lot of confidence for it. Is there a scenario where we can come out and play well? Yeah, if Travis comes out and plays well and the defense does just enough, sure, there, there's a scenario, but I think it'd be pretty tough to expect it. Um, obviously, we know what's going to happen next week. Um, I don't even want to do a preview. 
for that game, but uh, we'll see. We, we probably will, but uh, next week's going to be tough. And then you're, you're left with Virginia and Duke and can you get something going in the right direction and, and win one of those games to, to make you feel better to end the season. I and mean, we'll, I believe we're going to be up at that Virginia game. And so that'd be a good one to win, I think, but um, looking bleak for the rest of the year, but we'll be here either way. Um, talking about it and breaking it all down. And like you said, basketball starts in not too long from now. So being able to talk about that will will lift some spirits. Um, other than that, do you guys have anything before we go? Anything we left out? Anything we missed? I'll take your silences and no. Um, shout outs this week. Yeah, no shout outs to me this week. Uh, we just mentioned it. I'm, I'm going to shout out the Florida State basketball team. Uh, preseason number 18 in the coaches poll, number 21 in the AP. True freshman Scotty Barnes named uh, preseason All ACC as well as All ACC freshman of the year. And MJ Walker on the All ACC second team. Uh, it's going to be an exciting season. I listening to people that know a lot about this program. Uh, Scotty Barnes is the real deal, and he might be one of the best freshmen in the country or potentially the best freshman so shout out coach ham and his squad and and coach ham and hang around for another 10 years or so we, we need you um shout out Jameis winston who um had a better quarterback rating than tom brady in their matchup on sunday night um and who also had just as many kneel downs in the victory formation that as tom brady had interceptions so shout out Jameis. glad he was able to eat a w on um Sunday night and Richie, I just I couldn't let you go without uh, a little bit of a dig. You, you um, had five days to write that down, and that's all you came up with. I had nothing else to. <laughs> what else could I say? Right. I mean, I mean, I could give you thirty-eight reasons why the Saints were better than the Bucks Sunday night if you want. I mean, but like, I don't know if you want to wait around for those. <laughs> hey, first game, first first game, new offense, not a big deal. Panic button is, is still in the closet. Not even worried about it. I think the Bucks will be fine. Um, I don't know that – I don't know the way they played in the in the first three quarters against the Raiders, the entire game against the Giants, and obviously the Saints game. So, really, they had a really, really good fourth quarter against the Raiders. And outside of that, their last three games have not been very impressive. So, I don't think it's panic button time because they can win games not playing very impressive. I just don't know that I have them on the level of Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Um, just yet I think they're a playoff team I think if they get hot at the right time they can win the Super Bowl we've seen a lot of nine and seven teams run the table and win three games and be in the Super Bowl right so like the Bucks could be nine seven and, and be fine right like it's about getting hot in January so they're not a Super Bowl contender to me but they're still a good team right like you just better pray they don't run into New Orleans in, in January <laughs> yeah that, they, uh, they, 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 they've been the they, they've been the Bucks kryptonite for years now like uh, the Saints just have our number um but like I said your offense completely changed when you bring Antonio Brown in because what you do fundamentally is around uh, how defenses are going to guard him so it, it was basically like hitting the reset button. I think they'll be fine in a few weeks. Um, I don't know if they'll make the Super Bowl or even the uh, NFC Championship. But like you said, I think they'll get to the playoffs. And, and if they get lucky, we'll see what happens. You know, the NFL has already said if they have to cancel any games this year, you're looking at eight teams in the playoffs on each side with no first-round bye weeks, and that would be huge. That'd be huge as long as, again, we don't get matched up with um, New Orleans again or somebody like that because it would all just go based on seeding. So, um 
No, I think it'll be fine. There's some um, – are there any good games this weekend? Who plays this weekend? Florida plays Missouri. We didn't pick that game? I can't believe we didn't pick that game. I like Florida. I'm done picking that. Florida games. I'm done picking Florida. I'm tired of picking them every week. Um, That was upsetting that Georgia let me down last week. All right, I don't have anything else. Um, Who's got the song today? I got it. We just talked about Jameis Winston. Did you see Let's me setting up in the locker room? We got to find he, that remix. That song, the you were about to lose your job. We got to find the remix of that. It's on YouTube, I think. The song he was dancing to in the locker room, we got to play that. Arlen, good luck finding that. Um, you have to make <laughs> Freddie find Yeah, make Freddie find it and send it to you. Uh, before we go, shout out Harlan, shout out Freddie. They do a lot of work with Freddie's Extra Sauce segment. That yeah. drops every Monday. Well, this week it was Tuesday because we were a little behind. But drops Monday or Tuesday, breaks down some of the key plays from the week. Um, depressing episode this week with the uh, Pittsburgh game. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be a little bit better uh, on Monday this come around. But – uh, shout out to Lemieux Company that uh, that sponsors that. Check them out at Lemieux.company. I, I'm not going to even try and tell you how to spell it because you're probably driving and listen to this. But check out the Lemieux Company um, and appreciate Freddie and Harlan's hard work on the Extra Sauce segment. Check that out Monday or Tuesday whenever it drops. Um, other than that, we'll see you guys on Saturday in the Discord chatting about the game. And we'll be back here on Sunday. I, I'm sure that we will not do a a reaction podcast. I think we're all going to, most of us are going to be in Orlando. It'd be kind of tough to do that. Uh, if Florida state wins, maybe we'll, I'll go out to the hotel lobby and do one, but um, I'm assuming no reaction show with how late the game is this week. Uh, so we'll see you guys on Sunday. Have a good, have a good rest of your weekend or have a good weekend and go Knowles. You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. Get this dance. You about to lose your job cause you are detaining me for nothing. You about to lose your job.